Sierra. I'm Monique. And you're listening to Hoochin' Hoochin and Hollerin', a podcast where we do our favorite things, drink and talk. (laughs) This week we're diving into season one, episode four of Bridgerton. Uh, We do need to let you guys know that there will be spoilers. So if you haven't watched Bridgerton episode four, don't sit up here and listen to us talk about it and then get mad. Um, There also is going to be some light swearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I cuss, Sierra doesn't. Um, if you don't like swearing, sorry about that. But yep. Sorry, I'm a, not sorry. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> In today's episode, Prince Friedrich tries to seal the deal with Daphne during a boxing match date where the Duke coaches his friend Will. Um, Eloise decides to unveil Whistledown, causing her friendship with Penelope to strain, while Benedict takes his art more seriously with his new artist friend, Henry. Across the street, the Featherington women... Um, learned some very troubling news, and later at Lady Trowbridge's ball, Prince Friedrich attempts to propose sending Dip, uh, Daphne right into the Duke's arm to share a troublesome kiss in the garden. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Antony witnesses the kiss and challenges the Duke to a duel for Daphne's honor. Uh, there's a lot to dig into today, but first, Hooch. Yes, ma'am. Cool. Uh, So each episode, we're going to be sipping on a specialty cocktail that goes with the theme of whatever we're reading or watching at the time. So... (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about this. Okay, so today we are supposed to be drinking the Slow Gin Sparkler. Um, We are about 95% sure that this cocktail was something they would drink back in the 1800s because... Um, they drank slow they gin, drink slow gin. And this is only adding limoncello to it. So with slow gin being already popular, we can assume that they created a bunch of cocktails using this liquor. Um, the slow gin sparkler includes slow gin, limoncello, um, sparkling water, rosemary, and also a lemon. Let- so what are we really drinking now? <laughs> <laughs> We're not drinking that, I'll tell you it that. It is not good. We're not drinking the slow gin sparkler because it tastes like floor cleaner yeah the limoncello is so fragrant that it tastes like a scent if that makes sense so when you it smells like mr clean what'd you say it tastes like a candle it tastes like a can (laughs) if you ever try limoncello from bath and body works it tastes like the candle smells it's not a good cocktail no i refuse to drink it we're not drinking it so So instead (laughs) we are drinking stella artois Stella it Artois. Says it's the Solstice Lager. This yeah. one looks fancier than other Stellas I've seen. Yeah, it's premium, it says. Um, yeah, not sure. It says, I know, 1366, though, so this predates Bridgerton. So there we go! There we Look go. At that. They probably had it. You know, they probably had they it. They probably had some Stella. Um, we would not recommend buying Slow Gin. Because it only comes in really big bottles, and we tried to, you know, be economical and. Mm-hmm. Pick cocktails that... So we could use the rest of the slow gin? Yep. Nope. So before we said we were done with gin, we tried to, you know, make it work. We are really done. Yep. I'm not This is it. I refuse. So we're going to be drinking beer. Um, That's not my ministry. We can share a cocktail, but... Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll put this cocktail up. If you like slow gin, maybe if you like limoncello, maybe this will be for you, but it's not for us. And come get the bottle, too. You don't even gotta buy it. Come to my house and pick up this (laughs) bottle of slow gin and this bottle of limoncello. Ugh. Okay. So, back to the episode. We open with Mama Bridgerton and Daphne attending an event at the Queen's Castle. 
Um, everyone there is not so subtly talking about Daphne and her possibly becoming a princess because, as we know, Prince Friedrich has his eye on her. Um, it's very exciting. Or at least it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the feeling that Daphne didn't, she kind of wanted to just not think about it. Because, yeah. like, Hyacinth was asking her a bunch of questions and she's just as like, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Leave me alone. Yep. So she's not very into him. That's the feeling we get. <laughs> um, so when Queen Charlotte and Prince Freddie come in, they are quickly greeted by Daphne and her mom before the queen forcefully encourages the prince to give Daph his gift. Um, imagine going to someone's house for like a get-together and the host gives a gift to one person. <laughs> it I is kind of awkward. I don't know. That's weird to me. Also, so, the queen is so impatient. She's like, give, give her a gift. Literally, they're like, hey, she's a good gift. I'm like, okay. I'm just trying to, okay. She's a very forceful lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so the gift that he gives her is this huge, chunky, it's honestly a very ugly necklace. <laughs> um, and he insists on putting it on her right away, which, good thing she didn't wear any jewelry, I guess. Yeah. Um, and as he's putting, but this is the real spiciness spiciness of the scene as he's putting it on she like envisions Simon like it's Simon (laughs) putting the necklace on and she's getting all like hot and bothered and then she snaps back to reality Mm -hmm. and she realizes that nope not Simon just this weird prince that she doesn't really like (laughs) (laughs) so when they get home like Mo said earlier Hyacinth was asking so many questions she asked her sister like Will you be a princess? Will you have to wear a crown? Um, are we all moving to the palace? Would her whole fa- no, her whole <laughs> family would not go with her, right? Nine people. No, not no, I don't know. Maybe if you marry me, you have to take care of my whole family. All, all eighteen maybe. of us. No, I don't know. That's weird. In Prussia, <laughs> she loves her family. I'm like, okay, we all gotta go to Prussia. True. No, they probably would stay in London. Honestly, um, she asked her like, do you have to learn their language? Um, and Daphne is like running up the stairs trying to get the heck out of there as fast as she can and she is obviously not feeling this love match Um, even though it's kind of a good one we think it's a good match it's a good match I mean we'll talk more about this later in the episode but it's a it's not a bad match he's a good dude yeah not creepy yeah got some money got some titles got some money (laughs) that's true um, so we cut to Simon doing some boxing, um, but the most important part that is he's shirtless. Yes. <laughs> and then um, Will and Alice come in and point out the obvious that Simon is mad about Daphne and the prince. Um, Simon won't admit that, but he settles on telling them, like, you know, I'm leaving London, I'm done. So Alice boldly tells them, like, you need to get over yourself and support <laughs> Will in his boxing match. This is a really um, bad scene for Simon because... He's inconsiderate of Will yeah. and his family, yes. um, who have been nothing but nice, and they always took him in, and they always mm-hmm. like let him hang out or whatever. So they treat him very well. He's um, being very selfish. Yeah. So he agrees to stay for Will's match, but he w- intends to leave ASAP. Um, we love Will and Alice. Yes. Um, they love each other. They love their family. And Strong then, couple. Yeah. Even when Alice speaks out of turn, not out of turn, but she just out of her turn mind. for 18th century yeah. or yeah, 1800s. Right. Yeah. She speaks. Yeah. So she speaks. She speaks her mind to the Duke. Um, Will gives her a little look, but he doesn't say anything. He's just like, look, she's she didn't lie. Um, she says something along the lines of, 
Well, you didn't marry me for my subtlety. <laughs> I could be friends with her. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. Okay, so this next scene, we truly hate it. Mm-hmm. It is... I almost didn't want to talk about it because it was so uncomfortable to watch. So the next scene, we're at the Featherington house, and the old dude, I don't even remember his name, the old dude that's coming to, who is going to marry Marina, basically comes to, like, check her out, to appraise her. And when we say that, we mean, like, you would go check out a new car Mm -hmm. or, like, a prized horse. It's sick. It gave us big slave auction vibes. Yeah. Like he was walking around her. And, and touching her. Ugh. Touching her. He was like, um, show me your teeth, girl. Like, what? And he's calling her girl. Yeah. No. She like, has a name. First of all, she has a name. Second of all, is she a horse? <laughs> but you're checking her teeth. She literally like grimaces at him because everyone in the room was like, show him your teeth. Like, why aren't you? First of all, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Second of all, y'all hella racist. I'm sorry, but you guys are being out of pocket right now. Talking about you can tell a lot about someone from a good set of teeth. Get on my face. His teeth. Oh, he does then tell them that his teeth are not his. I think he said that they were the teeth of an enslaved person. And that was very common back yeah. in this time for them, for yeah, you know, look white at y'all people first. to have dentures. Yeah, look, <laughs> at, y'all like, first. look at y'all first president. <laughs> right. They weren't made out of wood. Let me, okay, next scene. It's going to be a lot of hot talk uh, this episode. Because they were were on a roll with this one. Out of pocket. Uh, Moments later, Marina storms out because obviously she's pissed at what's going on. And Philippa enters, or no, I'm sorry, Philippa has a visitor. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, His name's Mr. Finch. And right away, he like, he's not like... (laughs) The greatest guy. I don't know. He just comes in like and is sneezing everywhere. Yeah. And he's kind of hunched over. <laughs> so like kind of a dork. But I think that's good for Philippa. Yeah. Because she's kind of Hey, dorky. she likes, she's into it. She, she was like, yes. Mm-hmm. She's like, by chance at love. She was really happy. Prudence looked bitter. Yep. Bitter. Um, when Mr. Finch comes in, they assume that he's there for Marina because literally no one has come for the sisters this entire time. So Lady Featherington's like, oh, Marina's not here right now. And he's like, I came here to see Miss Featherington. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> really? So it's a big moment for Philippa. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Penelope and Eloise shopping. And Eloise, once again, has to let her viewers know that she's not like other girls. <laughs> she's talking about women wearing feathers in their hair and just, I don't know. She's a, I don't, she's not a hater. She just, she just stays she like likes to make, shit. Yeah, she, make, she likes to make a point that she's not the average right. girl. Um, so she has to explain to Penn that she isn't the slightest happy for Daphne. She wishes that Daphne... Um, won't be even find a husband so that the attention stays off of her. Right. I don't think it's haterish. I think it's really like, I don't want her to get married because then I'm next. Yep. She's up next. Um, so, Penn and Eloise both agree that Lady Whistledown is living. Living the life. Yeah. They're like, this woman is at the top of her game. And people pay, you know, people are paying for the gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eloise decides that she wants to meet her hero. So she starts plotting about how to uncover Lady Whistledown. Um, and she said, I shall need a new quill to make my list of suspects. 
<laughs> I like, like that line. Yeah. Cause Cause I love it. I, I love buying new pens and like new notebooks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever I start something, yeah. When we started this podcast, I bought like a bunch of new highlighters and like a new notebook. Even though I did take, you? Yeah. Even though I take notes on my computer, I bought like a new notebook to make like Aww. lists and stuff. <laughs> love a list. <laughs> um, in the next scene, ooh, Daphne and Anthony go to a boxing match, mm-hmm. which is like a big deal for a high society lady, cause, um. It's, like, not supposed to jive well with, like, their delicate sensibilities or yeah. whatever. So, Daphne's there. Um, Antony, we find out, has actually brought her at the request of Prince Friedrich, who mm-hmm. is also there, um, and is rooting for the man who is fighting against Will, whose name is Gillespie. Um, his last name's Gillespie, yes. Um, another big issue at this match is that both of Daphne's boos are there. <laughs> Simon and her Friedrich. Her ex and her next. Ooh, ex. <laughs> <laughs> so Simon, they lock eyes and then proceed to spend the whole time trying to pretend like they don't see each other. Mm-hmm. But it's just so funny because Simon's like staring off into space. Like, it's actually really funny. <laughs> um, so... Daphne obviously decides to pretend like she really likes Friedrich. She's like, oh, if Simon's here, I'm going to just act like I'm really into this Let dude. Let me just laugh so she's like so throwing hard. her head back, laughing, eye contact the whole time, which obviously pisses uh, Simon off. He's like rolling up his sleeves, like, all right. <laughs> He's like, let me show off these muscles in case you forgot. She want to play the game? <laughs> Um, so we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode, but we, we really feel like Daphne and Friedrich would have been a good match. I, yes. Um, they both want the same thing. Specifically, they want to get married and have large families. Friedrich isn't playing any games. He's like, I'm looking for a wife. He's Mm -hmm. like, people thought I left Prussia for some other reason. He's like, no, I want to find my woman. And Daphne's like, hmm. Yep. (laughs) That sounds good. Um, he also wants to live in London, which yes. is important because her family is all here. So yep. it's like, that is a win all around. Yeah. I think they, obviously, like, they can't end up together. But, like, it sucks because he's a good guy and yeah. actually wants to give her everything she wants. Um, but it's not a love match, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. I- <laughs> she don't love him. Yeah. You could fall in love. Though. You could fall in love. <laughs> I'm like, but that guy, he seems easy. Yeah, he's like she. She don't have any reason not to like him, (laughs) besides that you already like this guy and he don't want to mess around with you. He ain't never gonna get married, so what's the what's the problem? Right. Okay, so after the match, we're back at the club. We have um, three different things happening here. Henry the artist. I call him Henry the artist because Henry seems like a forgettable name to me. It is. So it seems better to keep reminding you who this guy is, and it's a lot of names. So he invites Benedict to a studio to see some of his better pieces. Um, I was curious as to what, you know, come back to my studio meant. This scene was very sexually charged. No, I, I was like, ooh, yes, we get a. I was like, this man's yeah. about to kiss Benedict. <laughs> I was very excited for that. But um, so Anthony, he walks in to talk to Simon and asks about his abrupt um, departure to London. He goes on to talk about how he hopes they can be friends in the future. And um, he knows that Simon held up his end of the bargain. And he left Daphne alone and allowed her to um, find a good dude. Um, I like how the scene was filmed because 
it's all in the same frame. You can see the prince enter the X, Antony for his blessings. You can also see Simon grimacing, mm -hmm. um, Benedict's like kind of in and out. So um, I think they did this in the show to like show all the men that are in debt, like Daphne's life. Yeah, and I think it also shows like how much is really going on in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. and, like how all their stories are kind of like connected. Intertwining, yeah. yeah. Also, it's probably budget friendly. Like, okay, let me just get this scene. <laughs> Everybody just talk and we're just going to pan and just film yep. it. Knock this one out quick. Definitely. <laughs> so we cut back to the Bridgerton drawing room. Um, we get a lot of scenes in here. This mm -hmm. is the space where Daphne's family spends the most of their time. Um, Daphne is playing the piano forte. And I always say piano forte because I'm not quite sure if that's different than a piano. It's just a tiny piano, but they mm -hmm. always say piano forte. So... She's playing oh. the pianoforte, and Antony comes in with good news that Prince Friedrich wants to marry her. Um, he's learned his lesson and didn't give the prince an answer. He was like, "I'm." He's like, "Ask Daphne, because <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble again." He's like, "I fucked up enough stuff." So Daphne is taken aback by this news. I mean, she knew it was coming, but she's like, "So soon!" Like, uh, basically, she thought she had more time. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe Simon, Simon would come around yeah. or I don't know what she was waiting on, but Simon made it very clear to you, girl, it's not happening. Um, so later in Daphne's bedroom, uh, mama Bridgerton comes to check on her to see how she's feeling. Cause obviously she's very perceptive of her children. Yeah. Like she has a very close eye on them, even though they fight a lot. You can tell she like is very in tune with their feelings. So even when they're not saying something, she knows what they're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, so she knows that her daughter is concerned about, you know, what happened with Simon, um, and Daphne finally breaks down and tells her mom the truth. She tells her, like, this was all fake, uh, me and Simon were never actually courting. Now she's telling her mom it's fake, but she, Daphne knows it wasn't fake. She actually fell in love with Simon. Yes. And Violet also knows that. So Daphne's telling her what it was the what was the intention. So it was just supposed to be a ruse, mm -hmm. but they both know that's not true now because she is crying. She's visibly upset. You wouldn't be this upset if you didn't actually like him, little girl. Yep. Um. So you know, Violet just tries to comfort her daughter. She doesn't really know what to say. It's a very messy situation. Mm -hmm. So. So they don't say anything. They don't say anything. They just hug, and Daphne cries. Aww. So we cut to the Duke and Lady D in the London Hastings house. Um, she's there to talk some sense into Simon. Um, she talks about how love conquers all. And this is where we learn a little bit more about blackness in Regency London. Lady D explained that black people lived in separate societies in London prior to the king marrying Queen Charlotte. Um, she explained how they went from novelties to dukes and royalty. Um, the Duke responds by telling her that he will write her wherever he goes. He promises to stay in contact, but he wants to let her know that love indeed does not conquer all. Get a therapist. <laughs> Jesus. He's so mean about it. And I, he's like, yeah, I'll write you. Like, you know, you're my, basically my godmom. I'm, I'll keep in contact. But, but you sound dumb. But you're wrong. <laughs> but you're wrong. And I gotta go. <laughs> Um, this is huge because most of the show we get small hints at race and, you know, we get small hints at race by the black character saying us or them. 
Um, we both love this show because it's we just like period dramas. We yes. like The Crown. We like Outlander. We like yeah. all of these different shows. Um, but we don't. We won't. You know, gloss over the fact that the show gives us black characters with traumatic storylines. Yeah, they give us black characters, but all the black characters, like they just can't have normal ass lives. So one point. So to be fair, in the book. Simon wasn't black and he still had daddy problems. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so we recognize that. Um, but in the show, you know, they portray like a dark skinned Papa Duke as abusive, belligerent, absent, you know, absent father. Right. Um, the Duke is incapable of love. Um, Marina's character is unwed and pregnant. Um, even Lady Danbury, a character who had to become frightening in order to get to um, respect. Um, they play her into being like that strong black woman Ugh. character. No, I'm mad. <laughs> we should have made the Bridgertons black. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. A show. That's what they should have done. A show. Because they're living. They should have just reversed it. Yeah. I hate it. Um, so we always have fun here. We take things light, but we felt like this was something that was worth mentioning. Um, so the next scene definitely lightens the mood, uh, which we appreciate. So we're at the Trowbridge Ball. Um, Lady Pr Trowbridge is a recent widow. Yeah. With a newborn baby. Um, and an interesting taste. Yeah. Her her ball is sexy. <laughs> they got men dressed as women in makeup, uh -huh. like in little corsets, and they're doing acrobatics and stuff. So everyone there is like, oh, this is... Different. Sensual. <laughs> like, everyone's like, okay, I guess, you know, she's a single woman now, so... Basically, if you're a widow in this time period, who's gonna, who's gonna check you? Yeah, this is like the best. <laughs> That's the best situation <laughs> to be a widow in the 1800s. You a do rich what you widow. want. What are they gonna say? <laughs> right, I'm rich. And I ain't got a man, so. <laughs> the hell? Um, so the camera pans over to um, the different people in the ball as our narrator, Lady Whistledown warns her audience about the consequences of being intimate with a man before marriage. So it kind of mirrors the atmosphere. The atmosphere is very sensual, and Lady Whistledown is basically like, y'all need to remember where the hell you are. Yeah. Like, chill out, act right, or, you know, pay the consequences, which obviously is a foreshadow of what's, what's about going to, to happen. happen. Yeah. And um, the consequences, you, you can be banished yeah. from, like, society. Mm -hmm. Mostly just the woman, though. Yeah. Like, a man can bounce back from it. Um, we talked about, you know, courting and love mm -hmm. and marriage in our past episode. Um, a man can bounce back from doing some stuff like this, but a woman, it's like, you're ruined, you'll never marry, mm -hmm. like, you gotta move, basically. You gotta yeah. move towns. Um, so Daphne comes in looking good as hell as usual. <laughs> good. Um, when Cressida, com Cressida comes and approaches her, um, and she's just like, why would you take the prince from me? You could have had any man. All these men lined up at your house and you choose my man. You choose my man. First of all, and Daphne's like, he chose. That man didn't like you, Cressida. I know. That man, that man, every time you guys were alone or in a space together, he was looking for Daphne. Mm -hmm. He was not checking for you. You just always happened to be in his face. I hate Cressida. <laughs> so... Daphne's basically like, whatever, get out my face, and goes to find um, the prince. 
Yep. Oh, and as this is happening, Lady Bridgerton is stressed the fuck out, and she just decides to cope with that <laughs> by getting drunk as hell. All right. I That's connection. The one. Yep. Felt that. That's an option. Um, so the next few scenes will be cutting back and forth from the ball and then other locations. Um, we move to Benedict going to meet up with um, Henry the artist for the first time. So in this scene, we all thought it was Antony. Like, where Antony going? Yes. Like, it is kind of hard to distinguish Antony versus Benedict. They both have the big hair. <laughs> this swoop thing. Yeah. <laughs> same outfits. <laughs> so that was kind of funny because yeah. we were all like, where he, where Antony, Antony going to see Sienna <laughs> again. And it was Benedict. Some shit. <laughs> and it was Benedict going to Henry's house. Benedict who bothers no one. We're like, where? <laughs> <laughs> I like Benedict. I do too. Um, so he's invited, um, he's invited into this artist world. Uh, it has tons of people, drinks, a full nude model. He was like, all right, you know? Yeah. So he walked in like, what? <laughs> what is going on Boobies. here? I thought I was just coming here for a little sesh, yeah. like a little art sesh, nope. but it's more going on. Um, but Benedict does feel that sense of belonging. And then he sits down, people are greeting him and he just starts on his art. Um, back at the ball, Sienna, she's singing, you know, because our girl stays booked and busy. Hooked. Her and Aunt locked eyes, which is very awkward because they clearly miss each other. And then, is this the part where Violet brings a girl to him? Yep. I think, yeah, she she's introducing him yep. to another Violet's girl. because she's tipsy as hell. Yeah. She <laughs> she continues to drink. Yep. Um, but then across the ball, Philippa's crying because not only will Lord... Finch not speak to her. He won't even look at her. So Lord Lady Featherington is like, she confronts the Lord. Yeah. Like, what did you do? Because right. they were fine the other day or earlier today. Right. Philip is like, Daddy said something to him. Mm-hmm. And um, Lord Featherington just kind of like snaps on her and say, you have embarrassed, you know, don't embarrass me any further. Right. Because I, I asked a question. Oh, see, see, I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> and, you know, from that, she knows something is up. Because why wouldn't? You want to marry off your daughters. This is their, what, like second or third season. Mm -hmm. We got to get these girls out the house. Yes. So Lady, she knows something is up. She knows something's up. Lady Featherington is a schemer. And so she knows when a scheme's a schemer. going down. <laughs> she knows a schemer. And she married a schemer. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I'm, I hate this family. Um, Our poor girl, Marina. Oh, my God. She's forced to dance with that old, gross, racist man um, who at this point in time is looking like it's going to be her husband. Mm -hmm. Um, we also in that scene, see Penn and Colin talking. Um, we've talked about it before. They're really close. Yeah. You know? I don't think we talked about their relationship in the first episode. I think, yeah. cause it was just a lot going on. Right. Um, they're very close and mm -hmm. they're very close in the books as well. Um, Penn is obviously in love with him in this show. We did, I mean, we said spoilers. They get married, right? So, they the spoiler is, a spoiler in the show is different from a book spoiler, because we don't know how that's going to play out. Okay, that's we true. We don't know how the book is going to play out. So, can we talk about it? What happens in the I, book, or should we just leave it? I don't know, because it was in, it wasn't even in the book. It, it was, was like the, the, the second, second after. epilogue. Yeah, okay. If you're wondering what happens between Penn and Colin in the book, Read, I'm like biting on my nail because I don't know. Read the second epilogue <laughs> yeah. of The Duke and I. There, we leave it at that. Perfect. Leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Colin is a good guy. Mm -hmm. I like Colin. If Colin's we think good. back to the first episode where he saved 
Penelope from Cressida in mm-hmm. her stank ass because she was being mean to her. Spilled her drink on her? Yeah. Oh my God, I would have had to beat her up. <laughs> um, so Colin's just a good guy. You know, he wants to look out for those he cares about. Mm-hmm. So he did that for Penn in a previous episode, which was like more friendship, I think, helping out. Yeah. In this instance he's going to save Marina because he wants Marina. So this is just a good excuse for him to like get in with her. So he goes and whisks her off um, away from her nasty, crusty old fiance. Yeah. (laughs) We cut over to Daph and the Prince. Um, Things go left when he tries to propose to her while they're dancing. First of all, why would you choose it to do it right at this moment? They're literally doing one of those dances where you <laughs> switch partners a bunch of times. So it's really awkward. It's so um, stupid. The moment he like is about to say it, she Daphne like quickly says like, oh, I have to run out or I have to do something. She just dips. And so she like runs out. She's like having a panic attack. Yes. Um, I feel at this point, Friedrich, or Friedrich, he has to take the hint. Yeah. Um, she's just not that into you. No. She, it's, like, painful to watch. I know. Imagine if you were, like, courting someone and they acted like Daphne acts. Yeah. She acted like she liked him, though. At the, at the... At the... the. She's the one sending some mixed signals. Yeah, that's true. And he probably didn't even think anything of it because he doesn't... Because he's dumb as rocks. Yeah. He uh, It's not, like... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So as Daphne makes her getaway, that nosy, oh my God, that nosy bitch Cressida, <laughs> I hate her, that nosy bitch Cressida is looking for anything she can to use against Daphne, you know, because Daphne stole her man. Yep. Um, so as Daphne runs out, Cressida, like, cranes her whole body <laughs> to look and see where she's going. Mind your business, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I don't like her. So, for some reason, Simon follows Daphne outside because he can't leave her alone. And I... (laughs) This is so frustrating, guys. Okay. Okay. He said, I'm leaving you. We were never friends, right? He said we were never friends. That's what he said to her in in the last episode. And we are never we were never friends. Then he called her a convenience. Here you come following me out when I'm trying to figure stuff out. Why? What does SZA say? <laughs> Why you bother me when you know you don't want me? Exactly. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. So okay. So they're talking. Daphne holds her ground. Mm-hmm. She is not going to give in um, to this like wishy washiness. She basically tells. You know, she tells him, like, I'm going to be a princess. Um, I'm going to live a wonderful life, have kids, like this whole thing. And tell Simon to leave her alone. But what does she really want? We know know it's not for him to leave her alone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, She does not want him to leave her alone, even though she's acting like it. So in the book, oh, okay, guys, we're getting to the good scene. Yeah. In the book, Daphne seduces Simon. It's Mm -hmm. like a very premeditated, intentional thing she does. Simon is trying to do the right thing. He's trying to show etiquette and, like, you know, the gentlemanly way to treat a lady. Um, But she actively goes after him. I don't feel like you really get that sense in the show. Right. The only way they really show it is, you know, she runs away, and you kind of have to infer she's running away 
with the hopes that he'll chase after her, mm-hmm. right? Because she knows what will happen if they're seen in that garden together. Yep. She knows what's going to happen. Why Why are you steady? We said this last episode or two episodes ago. Why are you steady going in this garden when you know you're not supposed to go into literally, it? Literally the number one rule, don't be alone with a man. But she's like, where can I run? Where can I run? To the garden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guys, this scene is really spicy, but mm-hmm. it's nowhere near as spicy as it is in the book. Guys, <laughs> the book, please read that. And it's like the first few chapters, too, so it's like yes. perfect. It's good. So, in this scene, Daphne, he's, fo- he's followed her into the garden. And in the book, it takes place um, on, the, on the balcony. Yeah. So, they're out on the balcony. They're making out. Her... When when Anthony so they're making out and at by the end of it her full chest is out. Boobies out. Just swaying in the breeze. <laughs> why are y'all in the garden like this? Why why are y'all in the garden? Chest out? Boobs bare out. chest. Then had the nerd to fall into a rose bush and get stuck. And the thorns were like scraping Half her butt. They couldn't get her out. Half and she naked. was nervous of getting out of the bush because her she didn't want her brother to see her right, she's exposed. Because why are you exposed? Why are you letting this man in take public. your clothes off in public? In 1813. It's too much. The scene in the book, when I was reading it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> she's just out here just out this is the first man she's ever even looked at this way and look at how it has escalated (laughs) this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. so one thing remains constant between the book and the show when anthony sees them he flips he's pissed he (laughs) obviously in the book he beats the crap out of simon simon i don't think simon was like hidden back nope he knew what he did he knew he deserved it was about to kill Simon and poor and Daphne couldn't do anything because she was stuck in the bushes in the thorns because I think she tried to break it up and they pushed her yep, into it over. yeah yeah but um so in the show Simon is pissed um he demands that sorry Anthony is pissed and yep. he demands that Simon marry Daphne it's the only and, way to get around it yeah okay so that's fine y'all want to do this you're marrying my sister. Yep. Um, and then Simon says, no. What do you mean, no? He literally, like, almost whispers that he's like, I can't. Huh? Excuse <laughs> me? And then someone got to die. Yeah, if we were Daphne, we'd definitely been fighting. Period. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> How dare you? Men are, you know what? So, naturally... It being 1813 and Anthony being a man, um, he has to defend Daphne and his family's honor by using mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. Ant demands satisfaction, which in 1830, 1813 London basically means, <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in the face. Yeah. That's what that means. Oh, more on shooting folks in the face <laughs> in our history portion of this episode yeah guys i am excited so anthony basically is like we we have to duel now i demand satisfaction um so he quickly whisks daphne back home 
uh, leaving Colin to deal with their drunk ass mom. <laughs> No one has been keeping an eye on Violet this whole time. She is plastered. What did she say? She's like, it's, she's talking to this group of people. And she's like, it's kind of funny, the word champagne. champagne. She's like, champagne. <laughs> she's out of her mind intoxicated. Um, but you can do that when you're a rich widow. Yeah, who cares? Um, so as, as Antony and Daphne are leaving, Cressida has to stick her nosy ass nose into this business <laughs> and she's like oh did you catch a chill in the garden Daphne she's basically letting it subtly be known that she saw Daphne in the garden with Simon um but Daphne is too distraught and like shook to even register what Cressida is saying right um so we flash back to artist Henry's house where Ben is like drawn away Although Ben is, like, super embarrassed by his work, Henry offers, like, some encouraging words and invites Ben back anytime. So he's like, you know, friend, come back anytime. You look he like you're having a good time. He has such a sly smile. I know. He's I'm like, creepy. what's up with this dude? Yeah, he's yeah. creepy. I like, I mean, he's nice to Ben. I think Ben should be treated well. And he's trying to nurture his talent. Yes, yes. Um, in this scene, Henry not only invites Ben to come over, he invites him to be himself. In a world where you constantly have to pretend and impress other people. So it's just a breath of fresh air. It's a cute little moment. That's all Benedict wants. Yeah. He, he just needs a little himself. attention. Yeah. Yeah. So back at the Featherington house, Lady Featherington and her ladies maid, um, they're, rummish, they're rummaging through Lord Featherington's office. Um, Bold for a woman yeah. to do. Yeah. Bulls. And the lady's maid is like, what on earth are you looking for? And Lady Featherington shoots back at her like, I don't know, but I do know, I will know when I find it. <laughs> She's like, I'm looking for anything. Yeah. Um, so a few ro rooms over, uh, Marina is going on and on and on about Colin mm -hmm. to, Penelope, to Penelope. And obviously Penelope is pissed because Marina is basically like, I can just marry Colin. And he can yeah. be my baby's dad. And Penn is like, first of all, she loves Colin. So she's like, I'm not okay with this. And second of all, you know, they're also friends. And he, Colin doesn't deserve to be deceived like that. Yeah. So she's just like, get out my room. I'm, I'm tired. I, I don't want to listen <laughs> to you go on about this. Um, so after Marina leaves, Eloise gets, she like is throwing rocks at Penelope's window and gets her attention gets her to come down and she's like i got some new findings on whistledown eloise is in her own world no one is thinking about lady whistledown like she that. is the only person <laughs> trying to un literally veil lady whistledown so at this so eloise is going on about like her findings about lady whistledown after penelope has just gone through you know listening to marina talk about the man she loves yeah so pen is just like Get, get away I don't care about this like this is so stupid this is just childish I don't care what you're talking about and Eloise rebuts she's like why, why don't you care about this what else is there to care about we don't care about marriage and children and finding love and Penelope's like maybe you don't maybe that's something you don't worry about um but the rest of us she's like I have mature problems she's like not all of us can be a pretty Bridgerton like, Eloise, of course she can focus on, like, 
her interests and her passions because she doesn't have to worry that she won't end up married. Yeah, because she knows someone will... Everyone Everyone wants a Bridgerton. Right. No one wants a Featherington. <laughs> so, of course, Penelope is, like, worried about that type of stuff right now. Yeah. That was a little below the belt for yeah. uh, Pen to say, but Eloise never asked her... She didn't ask her, like, oh, how was the ball? Right. Or, oh, how are you doing? Literally... Eloise just complains all day, and that is an exhausting friend. She she is very much a taker in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and she you know, has the Penelope, capability. Penelope to... just goes with the flow. I don't yeah. think she has a problem with how self in, indulged Eloise is. Mm-hmm. But at this moment in time, I don't got time for your silly shit that you are worried about. Lady <laughs> I got grown woman problems. She's not got grown people problems. <laughs> get get off my doorstep. So back at the Bridgerton house, uh, Antony assures Daphne, don't worry, sister, your honor will be restored. Uh, um, Daphne's just like, she's so tired of men telling her what to do. Literally. She's like, I wanted to fuck him. (laughs) She's like, you thought I I couldn't do it? You thought I didn't want it? But uh, Antony won't hear any more of that, so he grabs... Benedict, who just came back in the house all enlightened, he was so like in refreshed, a good in a good mood. And here's, he, he, uh, who did he say who died or did Colin? That say was who? Colin when he came Colin. in. So okay, so Benedict came in all like from a relaxing evening, and Anthony is like, "We got to talk. We got some business Literally, to take care of." It goes from like zero to one hundred so quick yep. for Benedict. Then, <laughs> poor Benedict. And then also Colin comes in with their drunk mother. She, like, can barely she, walk. And she's just, like, smiling at him. And he's, he's smiling at her back, which is so sweet. Yeah, he's just so like, oh, cute. I love my mother. Oh, like, it's no. so cute in his little face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and so then he's, like, looking at Antony and Benedict's face, like, uh, who died? Um, and they're like, okay, boys, let's go in the study we got some business to take care of time to talk about shooting guns (laughs) (laughs) so across the way now simon is still processing this whole thing he's in will's bar Mm -hmm. i'm like (laughs) he like breaks into their house and starts rummaging through their stuff (laughs) looking for something to drink and will's like okay what's going on here um simon tells him the whole thing and will offers to be his second This is after not a good look. Yeah, Simon sat here and said, "I don't have any friends." Okay, you got plenty. Well, you got a couple I'm friends. I'm sitting up here. <laughs> I'm looking right in your face, and you'll be like, "I don't have no friends." Get out of my house, then. And guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna still offer to be your second. So that's you know, Will. Will's a good. Guy. Will's a good dude. Um. So Anthony, uh, you know, he's getting ready to duel, mm-hmm. so he rushes to Sienna. Um, for what he thinks might be his last time. Obviously, that's like the number one thing on his mind. Mm-hmm. So she's definitely still mad at him. But once he tells her about the duel, she lets him in, obviously. Um, he explains it to her this way. He's like, if he, if Antony kills Simon, I have to flee anyway. Mm-hmm. And we can go have a regular life and not have to worry about all these like societal rules. Um and if Simon kills me, we get one last night together. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win, apparently. I, I think that's why Antony was so, like, set on dueling, because he was like, I either die because I'm depressed, yep. or I I'm on the get run. the girl. Yep. 
It was a it was a win win for him. Yeah, he wasn't too worried about it. Nope. Um. So we have a big reveal here. <laughs> Lord Featherington walks in his study and sees his wife like sitting in the dark because she is about to give him the business. Like <laughs> she. <laughs> She confronts him about what she found. We learn that not only are the Featheringtons completely broke, but he spent all three girls, help me with this word. Dowries. Dowries. Jesus. Dowry. Your country ass. <laughs> Dowry? Why are you saying it? Dowries. Dowry. Dowry. Yeah, that's singular. Dowries. Dowries. Yeah. Dowries. <laughs> He spent them all. <laughs> to top it off, he owes Marina's, like, he owes Marina's father money. That's why he has to keep, yep. that's why he has to take Marina in. Yep. And that's why he can't send her back. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, she's a big, she's a, she's a handful. <laughs> she's a big problem for us, but if I send her back, I die. Yeah. So this man has a ridiculous gambling po uh, problem, and he has failed in his duty as Lord Featherington yes. um, to take care of his wife and daughters. Um, so knowing this, he completely like breaks down Ugh. and starts crying and it's just like off putting like, and then Lady Featherington doesn't like him. No, so she already doesn't like him. So right. if he's crying, she's like, no, what are you going to do about Literally it? Literally the only good thing, like your one job as a man is to make money and take care of us. You can't even do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have arrived. <laughs> Look, I've been talking now for like three parts because I wanted yep. to, I have been looking forward to this scene <laughs> all season. Like I, I'm like, okay, episode four, 10, 10 dual commandments, Lynn, <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda wrote this. Yes. He walked so that Bridgerton <laughs> episode four can run. Okay. We're diving in. This is the closest to Hamilton we're going to get in this show. And we love <laughs> Hamilton. Um, so now that Simon and Anthony, they both, they got their seconds. Benedict <laughs> is Anthony's second. Will is Simon's second. They got their affairs in order. Anthony saw Sienna. We're all good there. Um, Anthony kisses Sienna goodbye, and he rides off to the battlegrounds. <laughs> we're going with to the, wait, Benedict. We're getting a duel, guys. <laughs> yes! I'm like violence, violence. Like we got that little tussy in uh, <laughs> what is that with in episode one with Simon and Burbrook? Yeah, and that wasn't even a fight. Simon just beat, beat the shit up. out of him. And I'm like, yes, violence. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we cut back to the Bridgerton house where mm -hmm. Daphne is like freaking out and she's trying to figure out what to do. She asks Colin like, where are they? I need to go. He refuses at first, but Daphne tells him like, no, Cressida saw us. Like I have to tell them before this duel happens. So this scene is like almost word for word in the book, which is really cool. Yeah. Colin and Daphne are definitely very close. Um, they're close in age and they're close in relationship. So they can have a very open conversation about what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I love the relationship in the book because, like I said, they're the f closest of all the siblings, um, being third and fourth in line. Yeah. Even in the epilogues, they remain close. Yes. Like, they, 
and they're grown they got their kids but they love each other yeah. like they are very, very close, close. Very, very close okay so i i'm like singing the song 10 dual commandments it's as, hilarious because the scene goes with the song yeah it's exactly like i know they have some um tiktok edits on the song over the scene oh really um, don't ask me how to use tiktok TikTok. i saw it on twitter tiki tiki tock tick how you I use the tiki tock i have no idea <laughs> I saw it on Twitter, and I couldn't go further than the one video I saw because I don't have the app. <laughs> Maybe we'll download it eventually. I don't know. But, okay. So, at this point, they are at number four. Mm-hmm. Time to get some pistols and a doctor on site. <laughs> so, so, on the field, the doctor is there. Uh, Anthony makes one last arrangement with Ben. He tells him, hey, Make sure Sienna's is taken care of. Yep. Um, that's his last request. Um, Simon and Will write A man in. worrying about men's business, yeah. taking care of women. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Simon and Will write in, and, you know, Will goes to expect, inspect the guns. Simon lets Will know, hey, my affairs are good. Let's, it better be some money in Simon's will for Will and Alice. Oh, I hope so. They're it good friends. It better be. They're good friends. Um, in the book, Simon did not have a second. He was just out there ready to die. Yeah. In the book, Simon has no friends. Like, no one is really into him. So, the last... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Yes. Simon... Simon gives one last apology to Anthony. This is number four. Sorry, this is number four. If they don't reach a peace, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) So they can't reach a peace, obviously, (laughs) because Anthony is like, you were going going to have sex with my sister outside. Mm -hmm. That's what was going to happen. Um. So they're facing each other mm-hmm. and they, you know, do their 10 paces, which I think it was more than 10 paces. It was like really far away. They were so far away. Um, I so, guess that would be so bad to get shot that close. Yeah. Well, and, also, and it also allows you to miss on purpose if you want to. Yeah. So Simon aims wide. He yields gun in, to the sky. Yep. And... Anthony is pointing straight at Simon. <laughs> He's going to shoot him. Anthony is Aaron Burr. <laughs> Simon is Hamilton, who yep. who was a good shot. Hamilton was a good shot and missed on purpose. Okay. So, in the same moment, Dummy Daphne <laughs> rides right in the middle. Who rides in the middle of the door? She could have got shot in the face. But, um... She tells the men that Cressida saw her and the Duke um, go in the garden. So he, she tells Simon, like, you have to marry me. We yeah. don't have, like, do, if you, okay, not thinking about what you want. Think about me. I am going to be ruined. And my whole, all my other sisters. Yep. Our whole ruined. family relies on you marrying me. Yep. Um, <laughs> then she asks Simon, would you rather die? Then marry me? This is a bad look for Daphne. She's sitting up here begging a man to marry her. She's like, what else can I say to get... To You'd get rather take a mar- bullet? 
And then Simon finally says, like, look, I know you want children, and I cannot have children. All right. Why he said, t- I cannot give you children. I cannot give you. I he think Daphne very... took it as, I cannot have children. Yeah, he was very specific with his words. Yeah, I cannot give you children. Um, and knowing that this is all Daphne ever wanted in life, um, he explains that if they were to get married, he couldn't give her the full life that she wants. Um, so they get ready to reset the duel. Like, all right, let, back, <laughs> let's do our paces again. And yeah. she says, there is no need for the duel. And then the episode ends. Just right there. Wow. If you weren't pulled like, in. the Duke and I are to marry. Mm-hmm. That's a ride or die. We got a wedding next episode. We got a wedding, y'all. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I love this. Was a good. I think this was lots of drama. We should talk about our favorite episodes at the end, or favorite episode at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't say that this one was my favorite, but I really, really liked it. No, this one's not my favorite. Um, so our theme for this episode is lies and scandal. Um, it's a ton of scandalous stuff that happens this episode. Obviously, we have Marina's issue with her baby daddy, Sir George. Um, she's now in a really tough spot and has to basically marry a man under the pretense that she she's not pregnant. Um, that, you know, before she starts showing. Right. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then we have Eloise putting forward a deliberate effort to unmask Lady Whistledown. This probably won't end well. Um, this piece of drama is a Shonda Chris invention because in the book, the, in the Duke and I, we it seems like no one really cares who right. Lady Whistledown is. No, nope. she just serves more as like a someone to keep time and to let let us know about how society is right. in that time. Yeah, in 1813. In the show, it's more of attention. Yeah, so, yeah, yep. It adds a adds an extra level of spice, which I'm happy they added all of this stuff to mm-hmm. the show because. If the show was just a book, it would not be, it'd be a Downton Abbey. Like, kind of like, <laughs> you like it, but it's a little dry. We'll dry. We'll <laughs> um, so we have more scandals in the Featherington house. Uh, when we find out that Lord Featherington has gambled his family into the poorhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they're broke. I don't know if this is real life. We have no more money broke or if this is rich people broke where we can't just, we can't summer in Vienna anymore. Yeah. Broke to rich people is different. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure. But he has used his daughter's dowries. So they must be... Broke, broke. Broke. Yeah. Broke, broke. For real. Um, so none of them have dowries to get married, which is basically the price that you pay the man to marry the woman mm-hmm. for upkeep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they can't get married. Um, and lastly, we have our huge scandal, which is <laughs> Diamond and... Diamond. Diamond? Oh, wait a minute now. I just did something. Diamond. Diamond. Daphne and Simon um, in the garden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We've talked about it plenty, but obviously this is a huge no-no to be alone with a guy who's not your husband or family, let alone be kissing him. And as we know from the book, let alone be damn near naked kissing him alone. Mm-hmm. In the dark. That's a big that's a big scandal. Yeah. Like Daphne really made a bad decision. <laughs> like whatever. Um so they both know it's wrong, but they don't care, and neither do we. 
Not one bit. Not one bit. Get it, girl. Okay. Oh, so it's our time. It's time for our favorite episode. <laughs> our favorite uh, favorite moment. Moment in the episode. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of moments in this one. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my favorite scene is. <laughs> Look them in the eye. <laughs> Aim no higher. Summon all the courage you require. <laughs> it's the ten dual commandments. I love drama. I love violence. <laughs> Sierra love a gun. <laughs> Sierra love a gun with a saucy with a gun. Saucy C loves a good gun scene. <laughs> Anthony was ready to die. He was really ready to die. He was ready to die. Um. And I was ready for someone to die in this scene. Sierra said the, the season's dragging a bit. No one's died yet. <laughs> I'm like, it's about that time in the show where someone dies. Um, but I think I think it's just really the similarities it shares with Hamilton Yeah. in this time. Like, I first saw the scene and I text Mo <laughs> right away and said they're doing the 10 dual commandments and Mo watched it I think that next second yep, it was she was probably going to watch it anyway but I'm just I knew I was like I gotta tell it was her. like it was like mirror to the song so funny oh I can't even but that's my favorite um people will probably assume <laughs> that my favorite scene is the one that takes place in the garden you love the intimate I scene I love an intimate scene but you're wrong it's not my favorite scene in this episode um, my favorite scene is every scene with Violet Bridgerton at the Trowbridge Ball. <laughs> Literally every every scene she's in, that's my favorite scene. Um, I love the little cuts to her because she is trying really hard to ignore the fact that her daughter is just out of her mind, off her hinge, mm-hmm. like just being really crazy. Um, and she does so by getting drunk as fuck. And that's how I handle issues in my life. So it was very <laughs> relatable. It was a relatable, it, it was a relatable part of the show. Yes. It made me really love her. Um, and we got to see another side of her. So yeah, that was like yeah. really cool. So don't get me wrong. The garden scene was a good scene. And yes, they're finally doing something about their feelings. Thank God. But the scene for me to watch was also very tense because I knew something bad was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, there's no way they're going to get away with this. Yep. They're going to get caught and someone's going to die. And look what happened. <laughs> So, but yeah, my favorite scene, Mama B, Rich Widow, Getting you can't drunk. tell me nothing. I don't want to say I wish I was a rich widow, but <laughs> it seems like a fun life. <laughs> not in these times. Not in these times. I do not want to be a widow. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> um, so each episode, we are going to share our choice for Incomparable. This is the character who impressed us the most or overall stole the show. This episode's incomparable is Will Mondrich. Yes. Mondrich? Yeah, Will Mondrich. Uh, he's a true friend, a good boxer, and he's fine as hell. Mm-hmm. The scenes where he's shirtless, let me tell you, boy. Uh, but he's like a thick dude, and I love a meaty man. Thicky, <laughs> thicky, thick, thicky, thick. He supports Simon during his duel, even after Simon says he has no friends. Yep. Um. And he's able to beat Gillespie despite being the match's underdog. Yeah. He proves all those people wrong. So 
We love him. We love him. He's also a winner because he has Alice. Not only are they in love, he allows her to speak her mind, unlike most traditional marriages in this time. Yes. So, Will Mondrich, Yay. way to go. Love you. Um, so, each episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what life was like in 1813 London. So, top off your drinks and get ready for a little chat about 19th century dueling. Ooh! Okay, this is my thing because I read so much about dueling when I saw Hamilton. I literally could not believe it was like a real thing. Um, literally because, meeting in a field and just pointing guns at each other? Yeah. It just seemed fake to me. So, <laughs> I read a lot about it when I watched Hamilton for the first time. Um, dueling in the 19th century was more of an act of courage than a wish to kill someone. The ultimate goal was to gain satisfaction from the offender. To initiate a duel, the challenger would have to choose a second or someone more, most likely like a friend or a brother that will settle the challenger's affairs. The second would, init the second would initially deliver a handwritten message full of grievances, uh, grievances to the offender. Once the offender received the letter, they would either decline or accept. Now, this was a very hard decision because if you decline a duel, um, what will society say about you? Men who decline duels are seen as not gentlemanly. Um, they're seen as cowards or even worse, of a lower class or social standing. So you're basically like bullied into you, accepting. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So if, this, if the duel was accepted by the offender, both parties would then appoint their seconds um, if they hadn't already chosen a second. Uh, the second's job at this point was to avoid bloodshed. So in some cases, they would exchange letters between the challenger and the offender in order to get an apology or clear up a misunderstanding. Um, if that was unsuccessful, um, they then would discuss the terms of the duel. Mm -hmm. um, so the second's job didn't end there, though. It was also their duty to make all the arrangements. So this includes the time, location, weapon choice, and securing the doctor. Yep. Um, they also coordinated the amount of shots to be fired, the dress code, number of witnesses, and even refreshments. <laughs> this was, they made it a whole thing. They were like, okay, who's, bring, who's bringing the snacks? Who's bringing the snacks? <laughs> um, the duel itself began typically before sunrise with the gentlemen agreeing on the amount of paces they would take. Um, a gun inspection. Also, it wasn't seconds. always 10 paces. No. Oh, okay. No. So they can agree to go further if they wanted to. Huh. Um, so they did their gun inspection and their last plea for reconciliation. They said, please, I don't want to shoot you. Because <laughs> it was like a big, it's like you, it's someone's going to die. It's like die. peacocking. It's like peacocking. Yeah. Like you're just like ruffling your feathers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times, most duels did not, they didn't shoot each other. Because mm -hmm. they can, after, okay, after the letters, after the seconds try to come in and mm -hmm. clear things up. Okay, they... They, you have to be really mad at somebody right. to Which, go through it. Which, in this it. case, Antony was. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the gentleman would then pace, turn, and then shoot to kill, or they aim wide. Uh, since doing was illegal at this time, the consequences, if caught, were loss of titles, money, jail time, or even worse, loss of life. So that's dueling in the 19th century. Yep. Just another way men do too much to protect their... Yep male <laughs> so that's our show for today thanks for hanging in there with us um, it's fun as always to talk Bridgerton and get boozed up shout out to our producer and Mo's husband Jeff yes um, be sure to tune in next time Thirsty Thursdays for more Bridgerton hot takes and delicious cocktails make sure to follow us on Twitter 
Instagram, Facebook, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. That's where we are. <laughs> Remember to subscribe and rate us five stars. Five stars. As we are the true diamonds of the season. <laughs>